Hey, hey, everybody, Jamie Retzke back on the lighter side of baseball. And I'm telling you what, we've got no competition. I'm telling you, no competition. I am fired up because the heavy side of baseball is the stupid side of baseball. A lockout, a work stoppage, are you kidding me? Who in their right mind is running these two groups? Fans, get a life, go to the park, go to the zoo, go to the circus, go anywhere, but don't go out to baseball games for a while. These guys are living in another frigging world, while the rest of the world is suffering from who knows what, economic slowdowns, pandemics, overthrows, sickness, you name it. These bozos, and I'm talking about both sides. You see, the nice thing about on the lighter side of baseball is my my listening audience is growing in the thousands, but I don't owe anybody anything. I don't have to pitter-patter around the owners, even though Mr. Reinsdorf's a friend. I don't have to do anything because those guys collectively, all of them, have spit in your face. Yeah, you fans out there, they have spit in our faces And while the John Deere workers of the world, while the school teachers of the world, while you name it goes out on strike for $20 an hour, three of the leaders of the union, Max Scherzer, Nolan Arenado, and Bryce Harper have all cleared collectively a billion, that's a billion dollars, that's more hamburgers than McDonald's sells in a week, a billion bucks just in the last couple weeks. Scherzer, who likes McDonald's, don't let him kid you, he likes to go to the Golden Arches and order from a $15 an hour food guy who's trying to make ends meet. Scherzer just signed for $43 million bucks a year. And some of it, in addition, is deferred. He makes more in a second than a McDonald's guy makes in an hour. That's right, a second. I haven't done the calculations, but I guarantee you he's making $3.4 million a month. That's a million Dollars every 10 days goes into his little bank account, and he doesn't like the owners having too big a piece of the pie. Well, la-dee-da. And owners, you ain't off the hook either. You got a moron running the show. Whatever happened, who in the world? I've always liked Bud Selig. He was a witness in a big-time trial over the sale of of the Kansas City Royals, not the Omaha Royals, and he did a great job. Much to the amazement of some of his fellow owners, Bud Selig saved the day for baseball in Kansas City with his testimony and doesn't get any credit, doesn't want any credit. He's just a good guy. And did they stop work? 1995 was the last work stoppage. And since that point, Selig and Don Fear made sure that it didn't happen again. Oh, my God. The endorsement money. They've saved this money so that they can pay the players $10,000 every week while they're out not getting their money. This is the biggest friggin' farce in the world. Now, guys like Bryce Harper go, well, you know what? It's not really a work stoppage because we aren't working for another four months. Oh, my goodness. 
Talk about a bunch of greedy guys being hijacked. That's right. They were hijacked by Scott Boris. What a bozo. Now, again, Boris and his minions that are making 15, 20, 25 million a year, they aren't any better or dumber or more moronic than Mighty Manfred and his 30 wonder dogs. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, now, you know, if an owner's listening to this, even Mr. Reinsdorf, they're gonna go, oh, that's not very nice, you don't know the facts. Look, I know that I have supported Major League Baseball like millions of other people, and I know that it's getting pretty darn hard to do that when the season tickets are pushing 40,000, when the beers are pushing 16, 17 bucks, when you gamble, you owners, on gambling so that you can make ends meet. I mean, it's sick. Now, I've been getting emails from some of our favorite listeners, and let me tell you what, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. My, oh my, I hope you all had a great time uh, after suffering through the 2021 World Series. Oh my God, people have been, people have been, and, and for you Jewish listeners out there, happy Hanukkah, okay? Happy Hanukkah. Um, Hallmark has a movie uh, about Hanukkah tonight. I think everybody ought to watch that. And uh, man, oh man, there are more Jews coming into Major League Baseball, and that's great. That is great. Now, it's not a poli- I'm, not, I'm not politicizing the show. I'm not religiousizing the show. I'm just saying happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. And, you know, getting ready for a merry, merry, ho, ho, ho Christmas. I mean, Max Scherzer certainly had a nice Christmas. Um, the Cubs even got in on the deal after watching really a horrendous six or seven months flash before the Cubs. They finally, they signed Marcus Stroman. Okay, nice. Now, gave away their entire team. Oh, we need more Frank Schwindels. No, we don't. We need Chris Bryant. We need Javi Baez. We need the guys you had. We're going to get a better nucleus. No, you won't. You just won't. Now, you can say you're going to get a better nucleus, but you blew your money on, I love the guy in right field, Hayward. You're popping for another... $4 $4 million signing bonus of Hayward in the next month. He gets another, even if there's a strike, there's a certain group of guys who have either deferred money or signing bonuses that were deferred, and uh, they get their money regardless of whether the rest of the morons don't even negotiate. Yes, you MLBPA chief, give me a break. Marvin Miller be rolling over. The, the art of negotiation, the art of mediation, the art of working out a deal is working out a deal. It's not going, we're not going to even give you a counteroffer because we want a bigger piece of the pie. P-I-E and that's it. Now, while the rest of us get by on whatever we get by on, um, the money that was... Now, here's, this is funny. This is funny. Now, we're going to go over the lockout in a minute, and I probably already have, but I am pumped up. And this is the first time I've been pumped up, and we're going to get to Javi Baez in a minute. And the Detroit Tigers, yes, folks, the bottom 
feeders of the American League Central Division since Dave Dombrowski left, really, since Verlander left, since Scherzer left. Keep those two guys and you've won a... I mean, what is going on with the collective owners of the world? I mean, it's just grotesque. So, um, uh, my, my listeners have been saying, Jamie, where are you, dude? I mean, we need your podcast. And I go, look, I told you I was going to take a little time off, kind of unwind, try to get you know, my anger against the Cubs and the Royals and some of these other teams over with. I was going to kind of try and relax. I was going to kind of see what happened. I've been predicting a lockout for the last four months. If you go back and listen to some of my podcasts, of which we are ending the third year. How about that? The third year of podcasts, and really in the memory of David Earl Nelson. And for all of you that knew Nellie, um, three years of podcasts where I, am I talking to Nellie? Is Nellie up there in the clouds? Where is Nellie? I don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to get all uh, weird on you with that, but I'm weird enough because guys are saying, where have you been? What have you been doing? How come you, uh, how come you went on vacation? We need you. We, we'd like to hear what you got to say. Well, I just woke up from the World Series. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. You folks that have trouble sleeping at night, and there are a lot of guys, I mean, and women. Here's the deal. If you have trouble sleeping, and like for me, I can go to sleep easily. I can go take a nap. I can go to bed. I can sleep. But then I wake up. And then sometimes I start thinking, and, and when you're, you know, when the biggest deal you've got is complaining about the Cubs in your life, then other little irritations filter in. You know, it used to be, Oh man, I got to give closing argument in a in a uh, two billion dollar lawsuit. That would keep me awake. Now it's like, oh man, I got to remember to go fill the car with gas. You know what I mean? So no matter who you are or what you're made of, you're going to worry about stuff. It's just you know, the older you get, the the I don't know. Maybe it's unimportant, but it's called the lowest common denominator of uh, being uh, a worry wart. So instead of worrying about what am I going to get at Home Depot, you know, you, you used to be worrying about lots of things. But you're going to worry and you're going to stay up. Now, here's the deal. Back to the cure for insomnia. Pull up the 2021 World Series games. You can get them. If you get MLB Network, they have them all out there to listen to. YouTube's got them all because YouTube is a supporter of Major League Baseball, just like DraftKings and FanDuel and all the other gambling outlets of the world. So you, if you're having trouble sleeping, I suggest to you, hook up Joe Buck and you will drift off into naughty, naughty land. And that is my advice to you folks out there. I'm telling you what, the World Series games went so long, I had a dream. I dreamt that not only did Buck do baseball games during the World Series, but by God, he did the world. He did not only the World Series, but he did football too. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. He was simulcasting two boring TV sports. Now, a lot of guys are saying, "Come on, Jamie, the NFL, man, that's a good product. That's a great product. They get lots of money for, you know, the Super Bowl. Uh, it's going up to like eighteen million dollars for a second of advertising." And look at the major league. No, no, no. He's simulcasting because baseball, they got a bigger problem than Bryce Harper. They've got 
a problem in speeding up the game because the fans are going to go, they're going to leave. I mean, after 1995, and let me, you know, while we're thinking of Dave Nelson, yeah, I know, I jump around. You know what's fun, though? This is, this is good. There's good stuff to talk about. You got Javi Baez signing with the Detroit Tigers. You've got the lockout occurring. You've got the greed of everybody, the whole group. They're all greedy. You've got the third entity powerless to strike. You got the ball players, you got the owners, and the fans. Those are the three entities that basically make up Major League Baseball. And we are powerless. We don't have. We don't even have a mighty Manfred, the Wonder Dog. We got nobody. We got people that'll that'll buy the teams, I guess. Um, but we don't have any say. We don't have any power. We don't have any unity. We can't like call for a lockout of the fans. We can't say, uh, Major League Baseball, you are locked out. You are locked out of my checking account. You are locked out of my Visa card. I'm going to, instead of buying $15 beer from you, I'm going to go down to the store and buy a $15 case of Miller Lite. Yeah, this game is not brought to you by Miller Lite, nor is this podcast. But that's the way it is. That's the way it's gone. And so, you know, shame on all of these guys. And then we've got the Hall of Fame election committee, not the, not the sports writers, but they're voting on... Um, you know, two groups of guys. It comes up every four years. There are the old guys that weren't in Major League Baseball, and then there are the old guys that were in Major League Baseball. And two guys that, I, you know, I'm going to predict, and predicting is nothing more than a blind hope. I'm hoping that they do the right thing with Buck O'Neill and put him into the Hall of Fame, and the same thing with Arrestus Minoso. Minnie? You know, your time has come. And the time of Roger Maris should be here. Oh, my God, how do you keep Maris out? And Joe Jackson and Pete Rose, you know? Oh, they gambled. <laughs> who, who isn't gambling now? Are you telling me that Pete Rose is the only guy in baseball to go gamble on a team? Now all you got to do is get your phone, go in the clubhouse, and put down ten grand on the over-under and, uh, you know, Talk to the manager. Are you gonna? What are you gonna do with this pitcher? The uh, Scherzer has an over/under of 7.5 strikeouts in this playoff game, and uh, why don't you pull him in the seven strikeouts, and I'll go put 10,000 down with FanDuel, and uh, I'll split the money with you. Deal done. Now, does that happen? No. Come on. Or does it happen? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Do we care? I don't know if anybody cares anymore. Do you go to the? Do you go to the games because you're rooting for your your team, or do you go to the game because you like baseball? I don't know. I think every fan ought to not go to a game and just go to the park and watch a kids play baseball. It's every bit as fun. Anyway, what was I talking about? I was talking about all sorts of things that are important to me, and that is what we did on the podcasts during the pandemic. That was the second year of On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and for virtually the entire first year of the pandemic, and I think it's still going on, but people have sort of forgotten about it, uh, we, we had guests, we had good times, and we entertained. Now, I have renewed my adrenaline for my podcast. So I'm going to hit the pod waves. Are they pod waves? I mean, they're not airwaves. I'm not broadcasting over, you know, I'm not on W, 
BBM Channel 2 in Chicago. I'm sitting here in Oakbrook, Illinois, looking at the sunset. Oh, I've got some nice views in my life, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, and I'm thankful for my love of baseball, but I don't love what's going on now. Anyway, um, is there an agnostic day to celebrate? I'm not saying, for those of you who, I don't even know what agnostic means, but you've got lots of religious holidays. There ought to be, and I'm not an atheist, but there maybe there ought to be like a, I don't know, open presence on Atheist Day. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't be offended. You know, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Those are two good rules, and I'm following them. Every now and then I kind of maybe slide back into that. But I'm so excited to talk to you guys because I'm going to do this now until the strike's over. And, yeah, I call it a strike. I mean, give me a break. How in the world can they not get together? Now, there is one. There are, there are a number of issues. There there. Nobody, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like um, where you know the outcome is going to be determined in the last minute of a game, but yet you have to watch all 59 minutes of a football game before that, or you have to watch however long an NBA game is or a soccer game. You just, you have to watch all the other crap to get to the end. You know, and that's sort of what's going on here. You just sort of have to um, put up with all this crud because you know sometime these morons are going to figure out, like they do all the time, it's no different. It's no different. They're going to figure out that, oh, my God, you know, look at what happened in 1995 when we went on our last strike. Oh, it took Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, two guys that we don't even talk about anymore. It took those two guys to revive baseball because we agreed to feed them PEDs and watch their home run soar. And in fact, luckily, thank goodness, two guys were really being benefited by steroids and Bonds wasn't in the, in the race. So McGuire and Sosa saved baseball. And then all of a sudden baseball spit on them and goes, hey, boys, it's the same thing they did to Joe Jackson, you know. Uh, he, he's the greatest hitter of all time, and they spit on him. He gambled. Really? And what are you doing, Mr. Ricketts, for gambling? Well, I'm building a two-story gambling facility uh, right where the Ron Santos statue used to be, but he's gone, and uh, FanDuel's in. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Great. So Joe Jackson's over here. Pete Rose is over here. Sosa, Bonds, McGuire. I used to be kind of a straight and arrow uh, for the owners, uh, keep those gambling guys out of baseball. Now you've got Ryan Sandberg as the national spokesman for a marijuana company, and that's great. My son is uh, uh, heavily involved, and my stepson is heavily involved in the company that Sandberg's with or endorsing. That's fine. I'm open and honest. I'm not pro that or adverse that or pro marijuana. Uh, well, I don't know. Marijuana's not bad. Um, unless you have health conditions that would preclude you, preclude you from using it safely, okay? So I'm not back on marijuana. I'm not sponsored by a marijuana uh, industry or a particular company. No. As I've said, I'm not sponsored by anybody. And that is the way I like it. So here we go. Um, you've got Rhino... Uh, one of the Hall of Famers uh, back in the marijuana industry, and that's all fine and good. That's great. I love it. He should. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Uh, who who wouldn't like a good doobie once in a while and, uh, you know, Puff the Magic Dragon, Cheech and Jung, uh, whatever. Then you've got gambling now coming in and saving. I mean, the FanDuel's of the world, the Penn Nationals of the world, the uh, uh, you name it, it's gross. I mean, it, now, hey, I love gambling. You know, I'm not... I'm not adverse to any of the uh, sin uh, tax types of subjects, marijuana, uh, alcohol, um, gambling. You know, I go to Las Vegas. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm good with that. And I was laughing with Craig Kashan, my sometime co-host, now that he's got his own show on YouTube, Koshcast. No, I think it's called, I think it's called Koshcast. Or maybe podcast. I don't know. You got to go watch it. Craig is one of my best friends, and I'm sure it's a good show. But you know, I, I I'm pretty loyal to my own show, and I try not to watch any others except for the Black Aces with uh, Bob Kendrick. That's a great show, and Craig's show is good. I'll watch it. I promise. But the only thing, as I noted last time, that isn't yet in the forefront of Major League profit. How can we profit on stuff? How can we profit on gambling, which the players now want? Hey, you guys have gambling. We want that money. You guys have marijuana sales in the in the back of the... Get your cannabis right over here, baby. That's coming. It'll be there. It's whatever they can make money on. And wait till there's a billboard for legalized prostitution. Yep. Now, will that be uh, the Las Vegas lug nuts or whatever they're going to be called? I don't know. So you got marijuana. You've got gambling, and you got prostitution, and uh, you've heard it here. Now, it might be your kids that, that are the first to see the billboard on, uh, you know, get a date with somebody that, whatever, prostitution. <laughs> How did I get into this, you know? I was so pumped up about the lockout, and I have, I have segued into to baseball profiting from prostitution. Now, that brings me to one of the... Uh, there are three dogs that I've had during the course of this show. And you guys know who I'm talking to. I'm talking about... I'm talking to you guys, but I'm talking about uh, Machado, Harper, and Bauer. Now, Machado kind of cleaned up his act. And Bryce Harper, man, MVP, MVP. He didn't deserve MVP any more than I did, but he was the MVP. Had a good year, okay? Had a good year. and uh, And so... Those two guys, and Machado stepped up, and, you know, boy, the Padres had a rough time, but they stole uh, the manager from Oakland. Bob Melvin got just, what a brilliant bit of, of uh, general managing. And there are some good general managers. Um, the Mets finally figured out, we don't need a general manager. We don't need Sandy Alderson. We don't need anybody. We just pay a lot of, we overpay people, and they'll, eventually they might come. Now, that didn't work with with Javi Baez, and we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back from this fun day, this is just a fun day, when we come back, we're going to start with Javi. We're going to segue into the Hall of Fame, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, baseball and where it is at and what this lockout strike uh, work stoppage is all about. So, again... Uh, let me just say that we have been on Apple iTunes from the beginning. 
We have been on SoundCloud from the beginning, and we've been on Spotify. Is there a better word than Spotify? I love Spotify. I say that all the time. And I love doing this show, man. And I'm so happy to get back in between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas to start up again, uh, ripping a little bit of baseball, ripping a lot of baseball. I mean, my goodness gracious, how do you screw this up? They have literally screwed this sport up, and hopefully somebody out there can figure it out. But, you know, the problem is there's so much money. So since we don't have a sponsor, we're not going to take a break to raise a little money like they always say. We're going to take a time out here and go to a sponsor so we can pay for the show. We don't pay for the show. Tyler, my man, is still in Honolulu or a suburb of Honolulu producing the show. It's not international, but it's in Hawaii. I think that's part of the U.S. of A. God bless America. And the Marine Corps. Let's hear it for the Marine Corps who had their birthday on November 10th. Yeah. Uh, I think the World Series was over. I was asleep and I didn't get to mention that. But anyway, you folks out there and you know who you are. I've had some really, really loyal listeners. And I was right on the cuspus, the brink, the precipice, big words. And I was thinking... You know, has the lighter side of baseball kind of run its course? Am I getting stale? Am I just a grumpy old guy? Well, you got to answer those questions for yourself, but I hope you keep listening. We're going to have a little music coming to you from Hawaii and my man Tyler, and then we're going to come back and talk about two of my favorite guys in baseball. So there you are, and we'll be back in a nanosecond. folks listening on Apple iTunes, Spotify, while you're working out, while you're driving in your car. This is Jamie Retzke coming to you with another exciting final portion, the final segment, the last segment of the day. And we are excited that there are still ways to get into the Hall of Fame without having to rely on some of the sports writers of the world. And I'm not going to get into one of the sports writers that's on MLB Network. And boy, has he catapulted up the line. I'm telling you what, this guy knows more about hitting than Charlie Lau, Ty Cobb, and Joe Jackson altogether. Oh, man, oh, man. The reverence that Harold Reynolds holds for this guy. And I mean, he is on hitting, fielding, managing... Uh, man, if I were only Tom Verducci, and that's sour grapes, I'd love to be on there with Harold Reynolds. I'd love to be on there with the, the, the guy in the back, you know, getting sandwiches. That'd be fun. I think they're in New York now. Be great. I'd probably like to be on anywhere, but I'm on this great podcast. Anyway, Hall of Fame. There's a guy, number nine. Uh, Minnie Minoso that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that my friend Mr. Reinsdorf has been very, very, very successful as he enjoys a prominent position on the board at the Hall of Fame at getting guys on that are deserving, and, and they are deserving. And let's talk about Harold Baines. That was all Jerry Reinsdorf. Let's, and, and Harold did manage to have a great stroke. What a great hitter Harold Baines was. 
Um, he's not in the you know he's not in the top fifty like Scherzer and Harper. They're in a no more than the top fifty of their position and Nolan Arenado too. The top fifty, get that? They are no better than I can name fifty other guys at those positions that were better over the years. And one of them was Minnie Minoso, number nine for the Chicago White Sox. And when the White Sox traded him away at the end of 1958, I was really sad. I cried. I loved Minnie. I was a very emotional young kid. I was eight years old. And uh, Minnie gets traded. The White Sox win the pennant. They beat Cleveland on a double play on the last game of the season. And uh, boom, hysteria breaks out. The air raid sirens go off. People have been telling me that story this year. I don't know why. I didn't really focus on the air raid sirens scaring Chicago in 1959 when the White Sox won the pennant, but uh, apparently they did. Didn't bother me. I was so excited. Oh, my goodness. And Minnie was unfortunately not a part of that. But Minnie batted, had an at-bat in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, okay? He was the, he was the uh, Cuban Roberto Clemente. You like that accent? Roberto Clemente. Roberto, top three outfielder of all time, not like Bryce Harper. Give me a break. Roberto could bring it. This year, in 1960, 70, 80, 50, you name it, Roberto Clemente, the real deal, and the uh, Latin American uh, who really broke the Latin American barrier after Minnie Minoso, the Cuban comet, broke it. Okay. So you had Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby, and I always like to give credibility, credence to Larry Doby. He was a day late and a dollar short. And there were other guys that were, you know, right there. Monty Irvin was right there. Don Newcomb was right there. Roy Campanella was right there. But Jackie got the nod. And then shortly thereafter, Larry Doby got the nod. And, and you know, Larry's very well respected and revered, but he ain't in the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Now, I could be wrong. I suppose I should do at least a minute of research before I say something. But anyway, now, Minoso, I predict, is going to get in uh, because he deserves it and because Reinsdorf's his guy, okay? Now, uh, having said that, um, man, it would, really be a, it would really be a credit to the Hall of Fame to have the first Cuban major leaguer, and he was so good and such a great ambassador and what a great name, Minnie Minoso. Is there a better name other than maybe Yogi Berra? Minnie Minoso. Uh, Chico Carrasquel, another Cuban, maybe Venezuelan. I think he was from Venezuela, sorry. Luis Aparicio. But Minnie Minoso, and his real name was Arrestes, O-R-E-S-T-E-S. Arrestes Minoso, deserving. Put him in. I don't care what his saber metrics were. I don't care what you know, his um, statistics were on base percentage plus slugging. I don't give a crap about that stuff. Minnie is a Hall of Famer. Put him in. I'd go back to Cooperstown to see his plaque. Number two, Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill, way before he, anybody ever heard of Ken Burns, was a Hall of Famer. First African-American coach in Major League Baseball. He signed Ernie Banks. He signed all these guys. He signed and signed and played. And, I mean, he was Satchel's best friend. And he was Cool Papa's best buddy. And he, he not only could talk the talk, but he could give you the scoop because he lived it. 
You know, he went to Arthur Bryant's with those guys. He got on the bus with those guys. He got horribly treated by the rest of the population with those guys. I mean, Buck O'Neill lived it, and he could relate it. He had this vivid uh, memory coupled with this recollection and ability to romantically describe what was going on at the time. You know, with information he got contemporaneously as he was there, as he was part of the story, as he was part of the American revolution in sports with Jackie Robinson finally breaking the color barrier, but Buck O'Neill was right there. And for them to have passed upon Buck O'Neill a month or two before Buck passed away was an absolute disgrace. And if they do that again, a bigger disgrace this year. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to let him in. I think not let him in. He deserves to be in. They gave him a statue. They gave him an award. Yada, yada, yada. One of my buddies, not buddy, good friend, guy that I met along the way. I've met a lot of guys. I can't say that I'd invite him over to my house because I don't know him that well. But Roland Heeman, there's no better guy than Roland Heeman. And he won the Buck O'Neill Award, and it was deserved. Buck O'Neill deserves a plaque in the Hall of Fame. And so on Sunday, December 5th at 5 o'clock on MLB Network, they're going to announce hopefully two names, Minnie Minoso and uh, Buck O'Neill. There you go. I'm going to try to get Bob Kendrick on my show, my podcast, because Bob Kendrick is the head of the Negro League Museum in Kansas City, which rocks. It's outstanding. Can't, can't wait to see if I can get Bob back on the podcast. So anyway, that's what's going on with the Hall of Fame this Sunday. That's, you know, two days. Now, let's talk about the Cubs and what in the world they're doing still. Okay, so they wait, and you've heard me. I'll give it. I'll give the readers digest. They waited too long. They, they're, they're, the rest of the world wasn't going to give up too much for Baez and for Bryant and for Rizzo and Lester and Castellanos and and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So, oh my God, you know we tried. We offered them what we thought the market would pay. Let me tell you, when Javi Baez signed a contract for six years with the Detroit Tigers for $140 million, it's like, wait a minute. They paid David Bodie. Anybody ever heard of Bodie? Has he ever been on an all-star team? Has he ever been a starting player? No, 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 no. He's a utility guy, maybe. He had a couple dramatic home runs, a few bombs. Um, $15 million they paid this guy, Bodie. Bodie, Bodie, Bodie. Uh, I guarantee. It's like, who's heard of the Cubs' former? Thank God they got rid of that guy. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Laposi or whatever the hitting coach's name was. He's bye, 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 baby. Anyway, here's Javi Baez. One of the top five shortstops in baseball. And he basically goes for nothing. Now, yeah, $160 million, that's a lot of money, or $140 million over six years. It's about $22 million a year, maybe, plus or minus, to be in Detroit, watch it snow in April, watch it snow in September, and sit there with a doggy team. Wow. The Cubs 
could have had him for that amount of money and they didn't? You ask yourself why? Because they don't know what they're doing. Now, so Theo leaves. He may have known what he was doing, but I mean, he's, look, I don't meet with those guys. I don't know anybody. Um, and maybe Ricketts was one telling him, hey, here's the deal. Here's how the uh, cow eats the cabbage. But they, they blew it with bias. He was arguably better than Bryant, better than Rizzo, better than Castellanos, although I don't know about that. Kimbrell, Chafin, da-da-da-da-da, they just cleaned house, shouldn't have been allowed. Anyway, here's Baez and loves Chicago, they love him, El Mago, and he goes for basically nothing. It's not nothing. But it's certainly something that the friggin' richest guy in the second richest guy in baseball. If you t- if you put all his family together, he's got more money than the Mets guy. But oh no, no 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 no. We got to spend our money on buying up all these buildings and then putting up a gambling hall. Yeah, we don't want Javi. What else? Are we going to go out and get Trevor's story? My my money is no. We're going to use um, Horner. Or whatever his name is. Um, catchy first name. I can't even remember his name anymore. Um, Chi-Chi, Wee-Wee, Dee-Dee Horner. Um, Nico. Nico, Nico. There you go. Nico, Nico. The crowd will be going crazy. Is he Javi Baez? No. I mean, give me a friggin' break. All right. So enough on the Cubs. They're just, they got, a, they got somebody from Cleveland that is the new general manager. And I mean, like the... It's like a, it's like an escalator. They promote these guys. First, they start out as the um, assistant to the assistant uh, minor league instructor. Then they become the uh, vice president of player development, and then they become the assistant general manager, and then they become the general manager, and then they become the uh, president, and then they become the head of baseball operations. It's kind of like an escalator to the top. And Hoyer, you know, has never done a thing, uh, nothing. And so uh, what's he doing running the Cubs? Now they got this new guy, the general manager, and um, came over from Cleveland, and he's going to help get the ship going back in the right direction, put the train back on the tracks. It ain't going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen, not, not, not for a long time. Now, now, one thing that I do agree on with the players, now going into my final segment on the strike, the players have some good ideas. Some I don't agree with. Some are just throwaways. If, if the strike was down to DH, if it was down to free agent years, if it was down to uh, arbitration, things that you can wrap your arms around that there never would have been a work stoppage and there never should have been. But there is, there was. Um, what they're trying to do, and, and I agree with the players on this point, they are trying to restore, if it ever existed, competitive baseball teams. And their, their suggestion, which is my suggestion and has been, is create a ground floor 
for salary. Now my suggestion is take the average and let a team be within 10% of the average up or down. And you can go as far as you want up without any luxury tax. Screw the luxury tax. Don't help out the other, you know, clubs. Make them fend for themselves. You know, all these people that go, oh, man, you know, we don't like welfare. We don't like giving away money. Well, that's, that's, what, that's how the Padres sign all these guys. That's how the Royals stay in existence. That's how the Brewers are doing what they're getting money from the other guys. I mean, football splits all the money. Baseball doesn't. Now, the owners, the owners will take the risk. The players are moaning and groaning, we want a bigger piece of the pie, then buy the team. It's really easy. You know what? The Chiefs quarterback owns more interest in Major League Baseball than any Major League Baseball player ever has. Anybody. The only guy to really try to buy a baseball team that played Major League Baseball was Alex Rodriguez. Now, Jeter runs the Parlons, but he doesn't have much of any um, skin in the game. Scherzer, Arenado, and Harper could buy a team. They got a billion dollars sitting around. Go buy a team. Uh, why do we want to do that? Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I want to buy the team because the owners get so much money. They, they ain't going to buy a team. Now, you got to equalize the system. A lottery for the draft, okay. But you got to stop Tom Ricketts and others from dismantling the team under the guise of, we're going to rebuild our farm system. Baloney. We're going to get a new nucleus because this other one is too old. Eh, Baloney. Make everybody pay at least $100 million in salary. Players Association ought to be pretty happy. Have the universal DH, which I don't agree with, but give them a little more money. Bump up the, uh, uh, the, the uh, roster size to 30 and get on down the road, okay? And if you want to make arbitration two years and leave free agency six, do it. There we go. I just settled the strike in five minutes. That's it. Oh, we can't do that. We've got to say, you know what, it's our risk, and without us, the players don't have anything. And then the players go, hey, we're the guys out there playing. Without us, you don't have anything. And this is the same song and dance pre-1995 that blew up in their face, and it'll blow up again if it, if it spreads into spring training. Sure, as I'm sitting here boring you to death or talking to you about interesting things, this is headed nowhere. It's just a, It just should have been done. Shame on Mighty Manfred. Shame on the guy that heads up the MLBPA. Shame on Scott Boris. You know, this is just a hobby. And look at all the people in the world that are starving to death. Look at all the union guys in America that aren't getting, that are striking over $20 an hour. And Max Scherzer goes out with his $43 million deal, and now he wants, we need to equalize this. We're not getting a big enough piece of the pie. Well, whew, I just... Uh, I just think that, look, boys, you know, you may think the pie has grown, but uh, you're getting pretty well treated. And then and Manfred's deal about, well, look, with the, they'll, there isn't one other major sport where these guys would trade for their collective bargaining agreement. So what? what? What does that have to do with anything? 
so they're better than basketball or better than hockey or better than whatever it is. Um, it's a disgrace that it got to this point. It's just stupid. And no, and because there aren't any games, nobody really cares. You know, It was like the World Series. Nobody cared. I didn't even watch a game. I didn't watch one game. I, I watched a few innings. And after the two-hour mark in the third inning, I decided I'll go to sleep. I'll get up because I got insomnia. And I hadn't come up with the listen to Joe Buck to go to sleep. Um, I'd catch the highlights at 2 o'clock in the morning on MLB Network, and that's all I needed to see. I mean, guys are good, but but they're, it's just, what's enough? When are the fans going to say, no mas? When are they going to say, I'm like Roberto Duran, no mas, no mas, baby. All right. So for the last couple minutes, let's pick it up. Let's talk about what we've got to look forward to and um, college baseball, minor league baseball, because this strike doesn't ap- apply to minor league baseball. Now the players, if they're not on the 40-man roster, they can, uh, they can go play minor league baseball so far. Now, who knows what the owners will do, but they may decide to lock those doors too. I'm not sure they have the authority to do that. Guys can go play winter baseball. Guys can go play in Japan, China, Korea, Italy, you name it. You know, you know why they won't? Because they get too much money here. And then when they get fat, dumb, and happy, and they go, oh, man, I, you know, I got, I just don't want to play anymore. Great. More power to you. Uh, look, you play three or four years, um, you get to arbitration, you're going you're gonna to get $5 million. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bad player. The average salary in arbitration runs up to $3.8 million for your first eligibility and all the way up to $12 million after the, if you're still arbitrating after your sixth, before you become a free agent um, eligible player. Big money. So there's big money out there. And, you know, the owners take the risk, and if you don't like it, go buy a team. They ain't going to do that because why should they take a risk? They're getting all this money anyway. So there you have it. Back to, let's end with Trevor Bauer. He's still suspended by Major League Baseball. Every week they suspend this guy. Um, who? Bauer just kind of, he faded away. Um, Machado's kind of shut up because Melvin's the new coach. How did that happen? What a great deal. Now they, they get rid of Green because he's too strict. They bring in a guy that's not strict enough and then they go steal Bob Melvin from Oakland. And Kudos to Billy Bean for letting him go. I mean, hell, Milwaukee won't let their GM slash president talk to New York until his contract runs out next year, and New York thinks he's going to come back to the East Coast and run the uh, New York Mets, who have bought up virtually anything and everything they could uh, up until the uh, lockout. So there you have it. I mean, has this been fun or what? And I'm telling you what, when we come back, hopefully on our next podcast on the lighter side of baseball we're going to talk joyfully about buck o'neill getting in joyfully about Minnie minoso getting in keep your fingers crossed folks that's what i'm hoping for so jamie Reske on the lighter side of baseball guys have a great time i hope i haven't really offended anybody i don't think i say anything offensive Uh, in the meantime go out there and have a great weekend it is beautiful weather hit them straight down the middle and we will talk to you soon (laughs) 